I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Bless Your Boys podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Day. Um, I guess now the new managing editor of Bless Your Boys. Hey! 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 Yep. So the first podcast with me uh, running the show. So far, I haven't crashed into anything yet. So we're good there. (laughs) And with me is our associate editor and writer, Ashley McLennan. Ashley, how are we doing tonight? I'm great. I think what people don't realize is that in order for you to take over as the managing editor of the site, Rob pitted us against each other in a cage match <laughs> and you destroyed me. So I think that, you know, it's well earned. Well done. Thank no, you. No yeah. It was like when the, uh, you know, it was like when the Joker snaps the uh, pool cue in half and throws it down in front of the two gang members and yeah, tells them he has was... one, one open spot. <laughs> very similar there can be only one and yeah. you are our, our intrepid highlander of the masthead oh thanks um, so congratulations very well deserved obviously oh thank um, you very much I'm that's stoked. fantastic yeah yep um i don't know for people out there like not a whole lot is going to change right away but um over time i'm sure we'll have some new ideas and some new things to try um we're glad rob is, is still going to be with us too because rob is an awesome resource and uh has taught us both a whole bunch so um, you're just getting the best of the both worlds. It's just, um, I don't know. I just wore Rob down with super, super long articles that he had to edit until he was finally like, oh, here, you edit everything. <laughs> you can't handle it anymore. Yeah. We don't need 300, 3,000 words on Nomar Mazzara. Yeah. Uh, it's just too much, Brandon. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> soon, soon the time will come. Yeah. So it's been a, a super eventful week. I mean, um, we have like a whole like rack of non-Tigers topics, let alone all the Tigers topics. But um, the Tigers off to a three and three start, doing their usual thing, um, coming out, you know, hot relative to what you might expect from them. Um, I've been joking that they have a long history now of being great until tax day. Um, <laughs> which is, of course, April 15th in the U.S. Um, Ashley, you probably know that already because you pay taxes on like I three continents or something. No, <laughs> sorry, we're just going to clear that up. I only pay taxes in Canada. Oh, okay. um, thankfully, I have uh, what is referred to as an international tax identification number. So oh, interesting. Oh. A social security number I have that and what it basically means is because there's an agreement this is so boring and I'm sorry to everybody but there's <laughs> an agreement between the U.S. and Canada the U.S. has such agreements between a bunch of different countries that say basically if I'm paying tax in my country I don't have to pay it in your country oh okay um, yeah so yes I do get paid a lot like I'd say a third of my income probably comes from American 
like sources. sources. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I don't have to pay tax in America because mm. I claim it as foreign income and then I pay the taxes on it here, which is incredibly painful, I guarantee you. Uh, and I don't like it one bit. And I'm sure yeah. I'll cry when that $5,000 bill hits. But uh, <laughs> I should just learn to save money better. So, right, right. I know better by now, but I still don't prepare myself ever. And I always I like to- the. I always have this idea, sorry, that I'm going to like uh, take the money through the year and invest it and then double it. And then I'll have that extra. But then you just end up paying more tax anyway. So, you know, in the end, you're screwed anyway. (laughs) And I have to get a new roof, which is what's happening with my tax money. So, Uh, yeah, I'll just pay the rest throughout the course of the year. Anyway, yeah, yeah, tax season for us is the end of the month, end of the fall. Oh, okay. But if the Tigers can keep this going to uh, bring this back, is that they've moved the tax day to May 15th this year. So maybe we'll get a break and they'll be good for six weeks this time. I don't know. Would that's when my, that's when my line, whenever I do a radio interview lately. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what it is true that we can say is that they've been fun to watch so far. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's been sorely missing. Um, and something I'm really excited to see right out of the gate this year is that, you know, the young players are fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's what we predicted is just that, you know, don't expect the record to change that much, you know, but, um, but it's just a w- much more watchable team, like having the prospects up, um, Tark Scooble and Casey Mize going out there and both having good outings right from the start, get you all tingly, like, oh, if we had just signed some bat, like, I don't know, Trevor Story, mm. like maybe this team could, you know, be a 500 team. Um, but of course, I think even it's a little early. Boyd has been like an exciting kind of surprise. So yeah. Yep. I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know that he's given up a home run yet. I'll have I don't to, think uh, he has. Michael have... Fulmer out of the pen has been a very intriguing new development that I'm not mad about. Yep, absolutely. Like, you know, he's kind of got like that closer mentality type guy anyway. And um, seeing him throw 95, 96, like the velocity's coming back. So yeah, you never know. Maybe he works his way back into the rotation, but maybe this is the best thing for him. So yeah, maybe he's just a really good reliever. Yep. And- there's definitely a place for that and a market for it. So, yep, absolutely. Like, you know, we've only got him for this year and next year. So, I mean, if you move him back to being a starter, what if it takes some time to adjust and um, you diminish his trade value or whatever that way? Yeah. But yeah, it's just, I mean, he's just a very likable person. Um, so is Matt Boyd, obviously, but Fulmer's just kind of the guy, you know, like you just, you know, he's, he's just a big, burly fastball throwing machine um so yeah it's good to see him out there healthy and and effective um his changeup has been really good too so i mean if if it does come to him going back to the rotation um it looks like his slider and his changeup may be better than ever um so hopefully the fastball will catch up and uh, we'll see what we got there but um yeah he's pitched well um daniel norris did not pitch all that well um Derek holland did not pitch all that well had had one bad blow up from the from the bullpen but it was set up by uh, jose arena just just kind of just being a disaster that one day um yeah which is kind of disappointing because i i i liked what i saw from him in spring training in like the cautious optimism field of things so i was expecting a little bit more from him than uh, total self-destruction yeah so yeah, yeah that he, was a bit of a bummer yeah the stuff is pretty good like he does seem like he gets wild sometimes but he didn't didn't do much of a job like correcting himself um at all during that outing so I assume we'll see better. Um, he's got a long track record, so uh, it can't be can't be that bad. Probably. Gregory Soto has dazzled with his new hair. Yep, yep. Um, and some people yelled at him apparently about it being purple and not tiger orange, and he uh, he listened to the people. And oh, 
yeah. Were they worried it was too Rockies themed? Like the purple is a pretty, you know, safe color for the most part, but it looked I good. I like the I like the kind of red. It was I guess it was sort of like crimson almost, but uh, yeah. but yeah, it looked pretty good. I did love the one pitch that he threw that has now been gift to all eternity, which was like, I, I, it was a, the most nuke Lelouch thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. Just rocketing off into the sun and nowhere near the strike zone. What a thing of beauty that was. Yeah. What was great was watching like all the stat cast guys and pitching into yeah. like cracking it. Like there was a little 98 on the velocity, but it was like way up in the stands. Way up. Yeah, <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to laugh at them because that's just spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do something that wrong. Yeah. In, in like that's some 50 cent or level yeah. avoidance of the strike zone. It was perfection. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, we've had moments like that. And then, the, I mean, from day one, we had the snow game. With uh, Miguel yes. Cabrera driving one out to right field in the snow, couldn't see that it had actually cleared the fence or not because it bounced back into the field. Um, executes a magnificent pop up slide into second yeah. base, and then looks at the umpire and the, you know he tells him it's a home run, and Miguel goes okay, thank you, and then, <laughs> and then runs runs the rest of the way. Okay, which, thank you. It's such a hilarious reaction to that to me for some reason. Which, if you think about it, is like it's just a real world. I mean, obviously the scene out of Moneyball is real world as well, but like it just reminds you of that scene in the the, the film room in Moneyball, yeah. where the guy like goes clawing his way back to second base because he doesn't realize he's hit a home run. Oh yeah, Jeremy Brown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just that like perfect like that how can you not be romantic about baseball like there's a blizzard it's Miguel Cabrera it's opening day first home run of the season yep. and it's just like you don't get any better than that it's just like perfect and it's cinematic and what a great start to the season yeah it was cinematic yeah there were some amazing like little slow-mo shots of that and pictures and um and of course I loved- most everyone <laughs> wanting a snow globe you know everyone wants to make oh a my snow god globe now. So I was hassling Tiger's PR on behalf of everyone like, hey, this is, you know, you guys should run one of these up there. What a great idea that would be. Oh my God. I loved, I I don't know if you follow on Instagram, the mini MLB account, which is my new favorite thing in the world. Mini MLB? Mini MLB. And all they do is they they Photoshop MLB players to be real tiny, um, (laughs) but like giant comically oversized heads so that they look like teeny tiny children and then they'll leave everybody else in the the scene and everything else normal sized <laughs> and it yeah. is the most tremendous thing i've ever seen but they did that for the miggy home run and it's just like teeny tiny miggy in the snow if you've never seen that instagram channel i highly recommend it because it's adorable oh that's great yeah it kind of sounds like uh the baseball version of the owl kitty account which is basically just this guy who edits his black cat into hollywood movies Oh my god. Oh, it's I'm great. Following that immediately. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna waste a good hour just on that. I mean, it's amazing. Um, there's there's some uh, some really good, you know, photo artists and video artists out there um, who are putting their talents to use for pure nonsense. And um, we are here for that absolutely at all times. Oh man, this is gonna be epic. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, it's you great. This to yourself. This I is... mean, this is an extremely charismatic cat as well. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's a star. Um what else do we got? We got um, some, just some things that are not non-tigerish, like Robbie Grossman going out there and just, you know, getting on base, just relentlessly, just walking two, three, four times a game. That's been kind of cool. Um, Nico's had a couple, uh, couple of good games after looking god awful in spring training, mm-hmm. so that's encouraging. Uh, Tarek Skubal was amazing. Um, Tarek yeah. Skubal is would actually, if Tarek Skubal could throw 160 innings this year, he's your he's your rookie of the year candidate, but. Um, He's probably not going to get a chance. Are you 
sure. I, I actually... 160 innings. Yeah, I grant. And yeah. obviously small sample size is incredibly at play with my are you sure. Uh, I, am, uh, I am all in. <laughs> I am all in with Tarek Skubal at this point. Tarek, right. Tarek Skubal, excuse Tarek me. Skubal. I have to keep checking uh, my pronunciation guide. Which I, I can't read them. I can't read. The, I, the Rays did such a great job this year. They did an audio version. Oh, that's great. The yeah. players saying their own names. Yeah. Not like somebody telling you is the player saying it. And my absolute favorite part of that entire thing, it's online if you want to search for it. Um, so anybody can hear this, but it's Ryan Yarbrough doing his because I want it as like a ringtone because it's Ryan Yarbrough. <laughs> like he says it as a question. <laughs> Just like, is that how we're technically supposed to pronounce your name, Yarbs? Like, <laughs> it's supposed Yarbrough? to be, a, it's always a question. Eh? Makes yeah. me very happy. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, you see it like, they do a, a bad job spelling it out phonetically and it, it it's just worse. Like it just, just can more confusing. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's a huge thing for me is that sometimes those like phonetic pronunciations, I'm just like, wait, do you mean this or yeah. do you mean this? Cause I say that like this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and one way or the other, Isaac is, is just going to take time. Like I have to stop. I have to pause oh my God. before I He's say it every time. More complicated this year, hasn't he? Yep. Yep. He's added to it. It's like a, tr- it's a three syllable intro now, I think, instead of like Isak, it's Isak. Yeah. Yep. Question Isa- mark? Yeah. Um, or you kind of blur it together like Isak. You like, you just have to drag out the sock and then you're okay. No matter what we're doing, they were adding a question mark to the end. So I think that that's just the new hotness in terms of, yeah. um, in terms of pronunciation elements. Exactly. So Mr. Paredes, if you're out there, um, we apologize um, in advance. <laughs> we can't say anybody's name right. So don't take it personally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can barely pronounce our own some days, you know, it's, it's true. It's asking too much. So yeah, I mean, three and three, not bad. The Tigers are now going on the road trip for 10 games, I think. Um, so this is where it's going to get kind of, kind of gnarly and we'll, we'll start to see what this team uh, is made of, but we have had like a couple of interesting plays um, just, just in the last game against the twins. Um, the, the two calls, you know, like, well, we don't know if they were Chip Hale sending people home or not, but Willie Castro coming around on a Miguel Cabrera double all the way from first base um, gets set home. Um, the relay from Jake Cave in left field comes into Andrelton Simmons. Andrelton Simmons guns him down by a hair. Um, so there were some people debating that one. And then, of course, there was, I expected very much that this was Miguel Cabrera doing this on his own. Miguel Cabrera goes and tries to tag up at third and score on a like barely medium depth fly ball to right and is thrown out by a good, you know, 10 to 15 feet. Yeah. So we had those. Um, there's been a lot of discussion about, about both of those, but. Um, AJ Hinch has made it really clear, like he wants them to be aggressive. And we've heard that, you know, Brad Osmus wants his players to be aggressive, you know, Ron Gardenhire wants their players to be aggressive, but then both of them also will say like, but we also want to play really smart, you know, solid fundamental baseball and not make mistakes, which is when you realize that it's all just talk because you can't do both those things. Um, If you're, if you're going to be aggressive, you are going to make mistakes and you just hope that more often than that, then you make the right call on the 50, 50 plays. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. And I think what's been, what was interesting, and I remember in the Osmos era, especially in spring training, when he was really like, we're going to be aggressive on base running. And you could see it in the spring training game. It was like the steal attempts were up. The successful steals were up. It was really fun to watch those games because you're like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. The second you hit the regular season, it was gone. 
I'm like, well, where's the aggressive base path running that we saw? Where's the steals? Where's this promise of like a more aggressive and enthusiastic club? And I, I think that, yeah, Gardy's never somebody I would have called aggressive in, in pretty much anything except his sense of humor. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think that we're actually seeing it without the, the generic quotes about it, right? Yeah. You're not getting the promise of something. You're just getting action. And oh my God. Yeah. Here come the cats. I can see them. Can't see uh, Mr. Nutmeg uh, if you're listening to the podcast, but he is a very handsome orange and white striped cat. And um, he looks like he's bound for some mischief. It's uh, currently 1040 Eastern time as we're recording. <laughs> and it's it's the witching hour for cats. They're, uh, they're he's got favorite. the giant pupils <laughs> going. He, he does. It. he's gonna be annoying yeah but... he's, he's got he's got a little bit of the crazy eye for, yeah, he, uh... he does have the crazy eye if i look at him too long he gets what i lovingly refer to as airplane ears too which is like <laughs> the, the, the back ear oh yeah um yeah so but dotty is perfect we should just record these on video one day dotty is perfectly settled on top of my printer yeah um which is her happy place yeah um, she looks like she... a working cat like you can get some yeah. stuff done she is, that's where she sits all day when I'm at work. Right Absolutely up. all day. She is a staple in all of my uh, team's calls. <laughs> well, I'm glad the cat's so. made an appearance. Somehow. That makes me happy. Yeah, it's um, our first time doing this on Zoom. So it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have, we have switched over to Zoom now. So if the audio sounds any different, uh, that, that would be why probably. It's that and I've actually invested in a real microphone. Oh, so yeah. congratulations to all of, all of us for yeah. the audio quality here we go we're investing in you the listener how about that um so yeah it uh it just comes back to whether or not you know the, the first time a manager reacts to one of those type of plays where a guy is too aggressive and blows it you know that i assume just kind of sets the tone like if you immediately are like okay i want you to be aggressive but not in that situation not, not, you know, like, like that. not this yeah. way yeah then pretty soon like it all goes out the window and baseball players naturally just fall back on their instincts once the the season starts to grind on, you you know, unless there's someone in your ear about it and you guys are all really working it together, you're just going to fall back on what you know. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, he definitely seems much more committed to the the aggressive thing. The other thing is uh, pulling the infield in. Like they've pulled the infield in with guys at third, you know, every single time and it's worked. And I hate that play personally. Like there are certain circumstances where it makes good sense. And I'm sure AJ Hinch knows better than me. So I'm, I'm willing to let it roll and see how it goes, but it just feels like you're the odds of you, you know, someone blowing a play, even when it's hit right at them, when they're that close, you know, goes through the roof. So we'll see, but uh, Jamer Candelario handled one really well. Um, Jonathan scope handled one really well. And maybe best of all, the catcher in both circumstances caught and held onto the ball and made the tag. Um, something our former friend, James McCann, um, always struggled to do and I yeah. saw him blow one just the other day with the Mets and everyone was on his case and I was like oh here we go the blooms off the over there. There. we yeah. know that play pretty well um yeah I I don't know I think it's been interesting I think are you a ban the shift kind of guy or are you like pro shift what's your your shift take in general I, I don't really want to ban the shift um I mean, I try to just keep it simple, like any solution that they can find to, you know, let more balls fall in. Like, I, I think that we probably do need that. I don't want them moving the pitching mound back. I don't want them messing with anything crazy like that. Um, my suggestion is always like, I just want outfields to be bigger. But of course, that's a, a bit more of an undertaking than, <laughs> than banning the shift. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I would rather not ban the shift. Like, 
I guess if they want to do something where they're like, okay, you have to have, you know, two guys on both sides of second base. Fine. And, uh, you know, I guess you can kind of work within that somehow um, and, and maybe get creative. Like the Tigers, it looked like they were setting up a wall on a penalty kick in soccer you know, the <laughs> other day. You know, you got a lefty at the plate and a man on third. And you got three guys like all in a row. Yeah. I like weird baseball, man. I like it when you have the opportunity to try different things like that, where it's not all, all right, well, this guy's in his zone and his zone. I like the idea of being able to, uh, to do something unique. Um, it doesn't always work. Yep. <laughs> but I, I think that the Tigers for the longest time, especially have been really stuck in a very strict pattern of how things are done. And yeah. I think that that's really how Rodden Garden Hire worked is that he understood baseball in a certain way. And it was kind of an old school way. And I'm definitely not saying AJ Hinge is a new school guy because that's absolutely not the vibe I get from him whatsoever. But I think he's more willing to try things that are slightly outside the box. And that gives me a little bit of faith that whether or not this is a better than 70 win season, we're at least going to see experimentation and new things tried. Yeah that they haven't done before. And I think that in and of itself will be really beneficial. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think AJ Hinch is pretty, I mean, he's like, he tries to balance them both. Like, you know, the things we think of as new school have kind of become commonplace. Like everybody shifts now, even Ron Gardenhire, you know, shifted a lot um, at the end when he was, you know, the Tigers manager, obviously he didn't do much of that with the twins, yeah. but um, that, that's almost become orthodox. Um, at Shift I'd say is just standard at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, but crashing home plate, um, you know, and some of the things, I, I guess what it comes down to is if you, if you get your guys to play aggressively and you just let them keep doing it, um, knowing that the season doesn't matter that much, you, you should get better. It's like um, practicing something at, at full speed, you know, rather than like trying to like work on the individual, you know, bits slowly in some controlled way, you kind of just have to play with abandon enough to hopefully get better at doing it that yeah. way. So, so yeah, I, I guess we'll just, you know, we'll keep track. The, the thing that, I mean, this happens to everybody, but it happens to fans. I think, especially when you only watch some games is that you'll always notice when a guy gets thrown out trying to go home and you won't notice when they took the extra base as much or, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff. You know, you notice the the failures. Um, you don't notice when that was an actual risk that, that, that was a 50, 50 play off, and yeah. it paid off. Yeah. So that's something for people to keep in mind. Um, the other thing, like in terms of pitching, like he has these, these little mantras that I really like, like um, the, the race to two strikes. Um, I heard a whole bunch of the pitchers mentions like use that phrase this spring and uh, so you knew it came from AJ. And then I think John Nayo at the Detroit News or Free Press, I can't remember which one, um, wrote something and had that kind of as the, as the lead. And, and I like that philosophy too. You know, it's that, that's what it is. Like for your hitters, you know, you can take rips until there's two strikes on you. So, you know, as long as you can hang in there, I'm fine with you, you know, swinging away. But then when you get in that situation, you've got to be, you know, willing to cool it down, shorten up, put the ball in play. Whereas from the pitchers, he wants you, to, you know, he wants you to pound the zone with first pitch strikes. That's the only time that the hitter hasn't seen your stuff right there, you know, in, in the last few minutes and um, you should take advantage. And Matt Boyd did um, yesterday. That was uh, that was a, an outstanding Matt Boyd start. And he did really it. I think he threw 74% first pitch strikes um, and did it with a lot of off-speed pitches too. So we'll see if that kind of thing keeps up as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was nice to see that Matt Boyd again, and we'll kind of see where that goes. Obviously, we're we're speaking from a, a week 
literally a week of games yep. two, two starts for Matt Boyd but uh so it's hard to know kind of what where the truth lies um but man it's it's not been disheartening I'll say that yeah yeah definitely especially after like the last you know last season and the second half of 2019 like he just could not pitch like this like it just did not happen so not um, for a guy that's that focused on his his skills right like yeah I think that you can have the guys out there who they exist who just are like oh this is what I do and it's my mechanics and off I go um but Matt Boyd is one of those obsessives he's one of those people that yeah. wants to tinker and tweak and adjust and figure out what's wrong and figure out what's right and work on that and I think it had to be just as frustrating for him to be in that position as yeah. anybody watching him because he knows he's better than that. Yeah. And we've seen him be better than that. So I think that if they've figured out the key to that, then we're at least in, in line to kind of see something positive this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, we're not, you know, proposing that Matt Boyd will some, suddenly turn into the number two starter that, you know, there was a brief window where it looked like maybe something like that was possible, but if he's just a solid back end starter that, you know, that would be perfectly fine. That's, that's all we kind of need. We have Tarek's Google now and Casey Mines. So. Yeah. I mean, if Matt Boyd <laughs> wants to go out and win like 12 games this year and just have like an above 500 average in general and just be good, I'm happy with that. Yep. Yep. And he was, you know, and he was also just so efficient in that one. Like he got to the sixth inning, you know, going into the lineup the third time. And I think he was, he was at like 60 some pitches or something at that point. Um, that's, you know, good things will happen when you just keep throwing strikes and mix in all your pitches. And he was using his changeup and his slider more, um, which I think is the other thing going forward is to the fastball is not that great. So yeah, th- throw the secondary pitches more that's become the standard thing. And um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see kind of what he gets, but we're, we're yeah. really beating around the bush here because of course the, the bush is Akil Badu. Uh, uh, who has had the most, I mean, like statistically and historically, one of the craziest, you know, first hot three or four games ever in all of baseball history. Yeah, it was in Tigers history for sure. I think they were saying like he's one of the one of only four players to like, like since modern baseball began for the Tigers to have like the, the kind of level of start that he's had and like it's it's ludicrous I think we all kind of saw that first plate appearance first pitch first home run like come on that's yep. storybook with his parents up and that okay I'm gonna go out on a tangent but like last season was rough for any kind of rookie or prospect coming up because nobody was in the stands so you had all these kind of like really de- depressing stories about like parents driving all the way to the stadium just to be in a car outside the stadium or yeah. like be in a you know a, a place nearby where they could listen to the game and then like yell at their kid from 20 feet away in the parking lot afterwards without having been able to see it yeah and I think that you really saw the emotional impact of that when you saw Akil Badu's parents reacting to that home run yep because it was just beautiful. Like it was like his mom was doubled over. His dad was applauding. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah, they're double high five in. Yeah. Um, like I've not seen a parent. I've loved that instantly since Jacoby Jones's mom came on. Oh yeah. Um, she was cool. But like, yeah, it, it was just like, it was a magic like t- cinematic moments all over the place this past week. Yep. Uh, Miggy home run, then the Akil Badu, like first, first pitch. 
home first run. Hit like, of your come major on, career. man. Yep. And then what a way to do it. Comes out the next game and bam, grand slam in a, in a game that we were losing, but hit it almost to the exact same spot in this opposite yeah. field, like burst of power has been been pretty cool. And then yeah, walks it off and gets the shower, you know, yeah, a couple days a later. Like it's just the things that he's been able to accomplish in the first week of his major league career yeah. are things that take other players like years into their career to get their first grand slam to get Some people wait a lifetime action so i will i okay i'm sorry no <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> although i grant you this the entire way to work today i was singing the scooby-doo theme song but with akil badu's name in it oh yeah and i was just going akil badu badu who are you some help from you now and i'm just that was my ride to work today so it does help to have a super catchy name i mean it, yeah. it is just a super catchy name and um I saw on Twitter earlier, I think Roger Castillo from uh, Motor City Bengals tweeted it out that Urka um, Badu had had seen it, you know, the highlight reel and like, you know, tweeted like thumbs up or something like that about it. So cute. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. yeah, Badu support across the board. But no, I mean, like, it's obviously all anybody can think about when they're thinking about the Tigers right now is the Akil Badu start. Like, yes, we have these incredible prospects up in the pitching staff and yes, there's all sorts of you know AJ Hinch's first season back there's so many stories but the only one anybody wants to talk about is Akil Badu for good reason because that's that's baseball magic that's you yeah. know this rule five pickup does it against the team that let him go like yeah, yeah. I mean it's a reporter's dream like not just his dream but like anybody who writes about baseball is just like oh my god this is gold and uh and yeah and fan bases like all fan bases like in our in our SB Nation Slack channel you know there's people who write about all 30 teams and everyone wants to talk about Akil Badu so oh the <laughs> so, gift yeah, they're all sharing coming. is huge every it's yeah they're like just the, the chanting of the name the, can he do it he did it yep. the enthusiasm for him as as a rookie is just incredible yeah that's another and, cool thing about you know having the fans back is that all of a sudden now we, we also have like this chant going you know yeah. like with this Lou offshoot um with the Badu chants which is also cool it's so nice to have the fans back honest to god uh, not it's, just because we want to go to a game but also just because it just felt so weird and cold last year it's um, just nice to see people like posting pictures of their nachos and their yeah. beer and like just pictures of like distance fans people who generally speaking have no idea how to wear a mask yeah i i'm gonna be that person but it goes over your nose my friend <laughs> if you wear it underneath your nose you shouldn't be wearing it at all there's no point we've got oh but we've also gotten a couple fan catches you know dudes holding nachos and like yeah. catching it and not spilling anything all that all that minutiae all that little pageantry that goes on around the game um <laughs> you don't realize how much you miss it and uh, it was, has been nice watching the Rays play in Boston earlier this week. And I'll tell you what I did not miss about fans in the stadium. Uh, it is loud bros in Boston. Oh yeah. Of nothing more than to start chants sitting right next to the live feed microphone. Oh yeah. Do not miss those guys, but generally speaking, yes, I think it's tremendous to have fans back in the stadium yeah and if we can get more fans back in the stadium later on it will drown those bros out um although i'm back not to their proper level i'm not yet ready for like 
Texas Rangers levels of fans back in the stadium. Yeah. Oh boy, seeing pictures of that full stadium gave me so much anxiety. Yeah, that was a little much for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm so. like, I am not ready for that. I need a good 10 feet between me and whoever's next to me, and I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Just a little space. Like, I, you know, even right now, if Comerica like doubled the amount of people in there, I'd be okay with it. But that, but other than that, let's just chill out, everybody, for another, you yeah. know, two months. Let, let's this thing settle down, get the vaccinations rolling. Um, fortunately, I was happy to see the Tigers all went and got vaccinated the day after opening day on their off day. Um, that was great because it's something that you just don't have to worry so much about now. We've, we've had Spencer Turnbull and Chris Better out. Um, the opening series for the Nationals and the Mets, you know, basically got washed because a yeah. couple of people on the Nationals weren't taking the proper precautions and, yeah, uh, and got five popped. cases, I think. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, and they were kind of tied to people who were kind of known to be like sort of, yeah, just yeah. being dumb about it. So yeah, at least the Tigers didn't, uh, didn't involve themselves in any of that. Did the whole team go? That's what, that's what I read. I mean, they didn't necessarily like specify that all well, they're not going to list can. everybody right they can't do that but but, uh, but it sounded like the, it sounded like everybody was in so nice yeah it's good to and, and i mean like to take a small tangent because it is topical um i really liked what the yankees have been doing where they're like posting very pro vaccine i mean yeah. like content which i think is good and it's kind of hilarious to see it balanced out by the mets who are like well i'm not going to talk about that like it's it's like you could guys well, there was that weird yeah peter alonzo did like yeah peter PSA, like, but he also wouldn't say whether or not he didn't want to talk about it but yeah. meanwhile you've got like max scherzer going i'll do whatever fauci tells me to do yeah and but, max scherzer is a you know is a smart um you know analytical type dude and uh, he yeah knows he says i about, believe so. science so yeah. i thought that was very nice yeah exactly um, like even if you don't believe science you have to believe science over just random nonsense yeah. you know like science isn't perfect but it's way better than everything else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're way behind everything in Canada right now. Like it's bonkers how slow the rollout's going. But yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say about it is that my mom gets hers tomorrow. That's oh, that's all nice. I care about. So yeah, my folks got it um, back in late February, early March. And yeah, that was just a huge relief because they're the only people I've really seen a lot of um in close quarters for a year now and you know just living in terror of like giving your elderly yeah. parents this and uh yeah i mean that freaked me out more than anything i didn't really <laughs> thought that much about myself other than you know making sure to wear the mask in stores and at work and stuff but um but yeah yeah i, I felt uh just just a weight come off yes <laughs> it felt yeah. a lot lighter and now okay. that we have baseball again I, I feel lighter still and it's been like 80 the past two days the tigers oh, went nice. from playing in 30 degrees snow to 80 degrees five days later because uh, Michigan bless bless yeah. Michigan classic yeah. Michigan it was um but no it's yeah it's it's chilly here obviously but it's nice it's like signs of spring like things feel normal again even though they're not normal like just to be able to watch games in April is such a huge treat yeah and to to be able to like I I feel like and this is getting past the Tigers and more into general baseball I feel like they've given us so much delightfully weird baseball in the past week yep. that it's like the baseball gods are making up for lost time. <laughs> yep. Like in the span of a week, we've had a cat on a field, uh, poor Coors cat. Yep. We've had, uh, what was it? Somebody was pickpocketing somebody else today in that uh, Marlins Mets game, which was brilliant. We yeah, had I think the, it was Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. 
we had the pocketing someone at first base yeah the absolute weirdness of that that Mets Marlins like game ending situation we've had extra innings games we've had oh gosh like we had a mid-game manicure break for one of the catchers of one of the teams I can't remember even at this point who it was oh yeah needed his nail polish put back on yeah we had Cody Bellinger surpassing Justin Turner on the base paths and turning a home run into a single. Like, yeah. Oh, God. So yeah. much good, weird baseball in a week. Yeah. The kind of stuff that just exposes all the like sort of strange rules that almost yeah. never come up. Yeah. The one today, Michael Conforto, like, I don't know if I wouldn't say he necessarily leaned into a pitch. But he but did not lean he did away. Not lean out. And it was a strike and it yeah. hit him, which is criminal that that is considered a hit by pitch. Like for me, like if the ball doesn't enter the batter's box, there should be no hit by pitches. Like, you know, yeah. that's, that's your turf. Everything and else I, should be the pitcher's turf. But of I course I come the, from the pitching perspective. So the rules of it too, I think are like, if it's in that zone, you have to make a concerted faith effort, effort to yeah, avoid yeah. it. And he absolutely did not. Yeah. And I watched that clip a thousand times and I'm still not convinced he was actually hit by it. Yeah. It was like though, a double Nick. So yeah. yeah, it was hard to tell. Yeah. Which reminds me, there was a great one of like a, a catch going off the, the green monster the other day that was ruled a catch even though you could hear it clang oh, yeah. against the monster in the game yeah and then he caught it and i'm like no that yep. was a rebound but they ruled it a catch i was furious yeah people were trying to say that like you know if you catch the ball and your mitt with the ball in it hits the yeah. wall it makes the exact same sound and then there was this whole hilarious debate about the different tonalities of the ball versus the ball in the glove sound yeah. against the monster i was like if people, oh, people don't research on this but yeah it's just that kind of like weird plays um have been pretty abundant yeah so it does feel to me like baseball's kind of making up for lost time and it's delightful because i love all that weird nonsense yeah and absolutely. it it makes it feel like i just love those updates i love seeing stupid gifts of things i love seeing you know, hey, this random record got broken today or like this happened. And it's just, it feels so nice to have weird baseball back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just all those, just all those little details are so much, so much fun, so much fun to have, you know, hash out. And, you know, we've had um, some former Tigers kind of, kind of mashed up into some of these uh, shenanigans as well. Uh, I I just want to mention um, to everybody out there, like Jose Iglesias has made, like six of the greatest plays of his career all within like the last three weeks for the LA angels. And it it is one hell of a highlight reel. Like he, he actually reenacted the play he made behind Doug Fister um, in 2013, like the real legendary one where he was, you know, laying out diving and pick and scoop the ball to first base, you know, all in one motion. Um, He did it basically again. It wasn't quite as crazy, but it was pretty close. <laughs> and what's so incredible about the show he's putting on over there is how overshadowed it is because yep. you're, you know, you've got the Shohei Otani experience happening, yep. like playing both roles in one game. You've got Mike Trout who's adjusting the faults in yeah. his swing. Yeah. I think he hit like a 500 foot home run tonight. Yep. Like destroyed it. Yeah. Cause he's just like, I've, I'm working some things out that like in spring training, he said, it, he's like, you know, there's been some things, some mechanics in my swing that just weren't quite right. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You can be better. Yeah. Scary. And what? it's already looking scary. Like he's already, he's like, he's like, I'm close. I'm, I've almost got it figured out. And I'm like, oh God, help us all. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, and yeah. Otani in his debut, he threw the fastest pitch of the season to that point. And he also hit the 
hardest exit velocity on any ball off the bat for a home run in the same yeah. game. Like, has anyone ever been this talented? Like Babe Ruth did not throw a hundred. I mean, I know he's an, a better hitter than Otani probably. Um, but I mean, the combined skill set is just something I don't think has ever existed really before. Um, and I just hope we get, you know, a couple years of him being able to do both at this level because it is ridiculous. Yeah, I think honestly, I mean, we've all been really excited for the Shohei Otani, you know, show, but obviously he's had injuries, things have limited his his ability to let that kind of shine. And I think we're really just now seeing what he can do. And oh boy, is exciting. Yeah, like, you better take care of Shohei Otani, Joe Madden. Punk. Don't hurt him. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I mean, that's been nuts. And then we've had Nick Castellanos, um, <laughs> who has become swag destroyer of worlds. Um, oh, just mashing home runs, getting into scraps. Um, I think you know, got hit by a pitch the other day. I can't remember. It was a Cardinals pitcher and it was, um, and it was kind of, it was a rookie of, of some ilk. I can't remember his name, but anyway, Nick gets hit, goes to first base, you know, kind of gives him a look, but no big deal. Uh, ultimately comes around and scores on a bang bang play at the plate and um, the, he and the pitcher end up all oh it was a wild pitch yeah, yeah he throws it to the pitcher and the pitcher basically catches it and lands on Nick, Nick Castellanos Nick gets up and like flexes in his face and is all like let's go yeah and, he, uh, and of course does Yachty, the big roar right like yeah. he... and of course Yadi has to has to I guess defend his rookie pitcher slash be the cop in the situation and kind of get on his case and you know so we had our first you know um, you know, general Bench show of clear. posturing, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our posture fest. So yeah, everybody came out and got into that. And then Nick, of course, like, you know, had a whole bunch of just mint quotes in the, um, in the post game where he said, you know, Hey, you know, whatever happened, you know, I respect Yadier Molina, you know, to no end, you know, just like if he punched me in the face, I'd still ask him to sign a Jersey for me after the game and stuff, which <laughs> diffused everybody completely. Like, well, all right, fine. The Reds have had such good ones. I have to find the Amir Garrett quote. Oh, Amir Garrett. Uh, yeah. He's another because, one who's a lot of fun. Oh, God. What a great quote that was. Um, he wants them to be known as the cockiest team ever. <laughs> it was yep. such a good quote. He's like, we got or some bat flipping showboating yes. son of a guns. And I want everyone to know that. Yep. Oh gosh. I mean, the Reds are one of those teams where you like you really want them to do well. Like they're they're, they're always they always have the parts of success that they just seem to fall short of achieving it. And so I I I love the Reds as kind of an underdog team and I'm sure in 10 years they'll be like the new Cardinals of that division and I'll have to stop considering them underdogs, but like Yeah. Man, but maybe like they won't that. be as annoying because to me the cardinals are just annoying like that that's the team that just like thinks way too highly of themselves you know that they're you know they're always baseball's police in some way not a fan if a you fan ever ever want to hate your entire life say anything on twitter about how you don't think yaddy is a first round yeah 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 the best fan base in baseball will come and get you mm. carry you away absolutely yeah absolutely the worst mistake you could ever make and i've done it yeah and then we had um we had we also had shohei otani get hit and he also had like a bit of a look out toward the pitcher and i was thinking like oh what if otani charged the mound like i mean he is a giant menacing individual when he wants to be um that would have been crazy but 
it just there was something about him right now that just looks like he's playing with a little bit of fire too. Like Mike Trout hit that home run the other day and Otani like turned around and waved it goodbye and stuff like that. Oh, bless. It's so good. He'll just feeling himself a little bit, which is fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I I love it. I love the whole thing. Um, I I got into some arguments about the Nick Cassiano stuff and, you know, I was just like, you know, nothing. I can't believe they suspended him for two games. I know for for yelling, for yelling in the pitcher's face for a second, you know, after getting plunked, after getting on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it was Yadier Molino. Who's the one Nick was walking away. He like grabbed him by the back of the neck and, and kind of dragged him back. Does Yadier get any punishment? No. So yeah, it was just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think back to the Omar little, little quote from the wire all the time with, with Nick. And it's just like, it's all in the game, baby. You know, um, you, you can get mad. I'm going to play with swag. You guys can yeah. be mad about it. It's all fine. As long as nobody gets hurt. I love all of it. You know, I'm, now, I'm, I am fine with a little bit of saltiness. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with, you know, people getting mad. I'm also fine with people bat flipping and, you know, having a blast. I'm fine with pitchers, you know, being fired up like Gregory Soto was the other day when he, uh, completed his second inning of work and punched the dude out, let out a little roar. I lo- that's great. I, I love think it. what it is in the case of the suspension is that MLB did say before the season, when they just announced their new COVID protocols, they're like, there will be stricter like punishments, stricter repercussions yeah. for fights. And for instigate for being the and instigator, for instigating yeah, them. So I think yeah. what it is is that under normal circumstances, I think that nothing would have happened there. I think there would have been a stern talking to from the umpire the next inning when it started. Nobody yeah. would have been punished because there was no punches thrown. There was no violence. Yeah, it was just a lot of guys in each other's faces, and nothing happened. But I think what that the is the usual. Is just, yeah. 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 What it was was really just them kind of showing that they're serious mm-hmm. in terms of not wanting that in your face kind of interaction. And I guess it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, my dude, he just bounced up and, and roared a little at a guy. Like, right. let, let him enjoy that moment. Yeah, it feels a lot like the the usual, like we want players to have fun and express themselves until they do. And then we don't, you know, and then someone gets, you know, sore about it and has to has to bring the hammer down you know they, yeah, they, they the, want the good old they let want the to be flashy, play, but no not like that but not like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh no not like that yeah, yeah. Be so, appealing to a younger generation but not like that yeah absolutely make and, um, baseball fun but not like that i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I guess we'd have to talk about the sad side real real quickly just because there have been... Oh, wait, no, before we talk about the sad side, we should all talk, also talk about the fan, just the A's fans giving the Astros the business. Yeah. Um, okay, but, so the... Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Stages that this went in, because, I mean, it was one, the first live booing yep. that we got back in over a year, which was... Yep. They finally get their chance to see the Astros in person and all three of them who are still left who are actually involved yeah yeah so so we got live booing which was tremendous and then during a game somebody threw an inflatable garbage can onto the field yeah which i'm like yeah i'm like that's great 
But then a couple innings later, somebody threw an actual garbage, garbage can yeah. onto the field, which I mean, like, guys, let's let's draw the line. That's dangerous. Let's not hurt people. Yeah, yeah. But I think one of my, I mean, that's my favorite part because that's ludicrous to advance ourselves from inflatable garbage can, which where do you even find that? Yeah, I didn't so know that was an item. Yeah, I know. Like, that was a much sought after thing. They, they should be selling those in the, in the A's, uh, you know, yeah, in the really pro should. shop. Yeah to an actual garbage can which like really does take commitment if you think about it because garbage cans are only up at the top of of the stairs in in so somebody had to get past whoever was standing at the top of the stairs bring an entire garbage can all the way down to a point where you could throw it onto the field like there was real commitment there yeah and i i almost respect it if it wasn't an insane and dangerous thing to do yeah yeah we, we can't condone that part of it but um but I like the trolling and and the shade being thrown much more than I like, you know, just just people like screaming at various Astros who had nothing yeah. to do with it. And like the people who are actually like red faced, angry yeah. on Twitter about it at this point, it's like, you know, I mean, come on now. Like, can you just uh, can you just not like if you guys want to boo Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve for the rest of their career? Absolutely. That's great. But you know, is George Springer getting booed? Is, you know, it's the whole thing is just kind of stupid. Carlos Correa is not really doing himself any favors. No, he never does. He is absolutely leaning in to being the heel of that team. Yeah. And which uh, there was what, there was a run to second base play where they were trying to do a double play and he like elbowed the runner in the face. Yeah. It wasn't a tag out attempt. It was just like this vicious like block like body (laughs) slam and i'm like how did that not get a fine or a penalty of some kind because that was not clean baseball that was an ugly move and i think that that's the thing right like he's he's fed up with being the villain but he also seems to really relish that villain role yeah like well and he's just the and he's cocky too like and not necessarily in a bad way like he's just always been like a you know unexpressive like we're gonna win you know I, I expect the most out of myself you know we're not backing down to anybody type guy like a little bit a little bit like Castellanos um, but obviously like Correa being a good defensive shortstop is a better player but what what this is just bothering me about is that I feel like we're gonna end up with Carlos Correa like I, I just feel like he's gonna sign here next next offseason and it's don't put be that evil on us I'm sorry but it's but we've already got AJ Hinch and um I, I fear for, I fear for this it's going to be AJ Hinch Justin Berlander and Carlos Correa and we're going to be the the, the trashkers or something yep I, I, I'm not looking forward to that the, the Tigstros yeah yeah exactly oh I don't don't do that okay oh okay. don't say that just uh, I said it here first folks we're that part of it's not going to be fun if it happens uh i go through like phases in my baseball fandom of who my like biggest villain is and for the longest time it was just no doubt nelson cruz it was, oh oh but yeah but that's just baseball villainy really. yeah apart from the so steroids from like from like 2011 <laughs> through probably like 2016 i was just like everything in baseball was nelson cruz's fault and i can't hate nelson cruz anymore because he's delightful yeah it's so annoying like i i fell in love with nelson cruz i think like two or three years ago during the all-star game because he was like live streaming the whole thing on instagram having the time of his life and i'm like how do you be mad at this guy like how do you get mad at the guy having this much fun with other people's success yeah and then what does he do i think it was last night he um 
there's that meme that, that's out there where it's like the guy and his wife are sleeping yeah, dead and they're facing the other way and she's like i bet he's thinking about other women and it was yeah the tigers have had you know, 23 different starting pitchers yeah. since 2011 and Nelson Cruz continues to just, you know, to just destroy us. And Nelson Cruz retreated that with like a sad emoji and, and then, then also a laughing. dying laughing emoji. Yeah. yeah. I was like, ah, oh, you monster. I may or may okay. not have an article coming out tomorrow at Fangraphs about that. Oh, that's the other thing we should be talking about is yes, that, you know, I'm all full of myself now. I'm the managing editor. I'm supposed to be I'm bumping in you instead. Yeah, yeah we could talk about that. Our new, our new Fangraphs author, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah congratulations that's super Thank cool you. yeah yeah it's part-time gig at Fangraphs, working with the cool kids yeah um, changes absolutely nothing about any of my other jobs because they're not like a non-compete jerk organization of any kind they're like you keep doing whatever you're doing yeah and then they let me pitch ideas like a brief history of nelson cruz humiliating the detroit tigers <laughs> yep yeah. So I can that's kind, the of kind of stuff that's fun to write. Like, um, you know, yeah. just, I like those random, like individual player things, like, you know, who has the best pickoff move or, you know, in celebration of just some weird element of the game that we don't talk about or some, yeah, some players dominance or, or other, you know, failure against one team, all that stuff is great. I think I want to write something because the other great moment of stupidity, this just today was, um, <laughs> jock peterson hitting a home run and then coming back to the cubs dugout and like there's just a picture of him screaming at a waffle maker oh yeah, <laughs> yeah what was that? i saw so, that but i don't know what was going on i have to look into it more because apparently it was like a kind of short-lived post celebratory kind of tradition in 2018 that got dropped and is just making its way back but i think it, it's related to like if you hit a home run you get a waffle maker which cool okay but it really does make me want to look into like the weirdest home run celebrations and dugouts oh yeah like we've seen coordinated dance moves with the nationals and like you know different things like that and i'm like well there's got to be some really funny ones and then there's always like the the silent treatment ones are good like for guys first oh they they didn't do that they didn't do that for badu but i remember um otani's first one you know he comes into the dugout and he just eventually had to jump on ian kinsler's back like ian i did it and then yeah and then they all mobbed him they all mobbed him yeah that one's cute too so i i don't know i thought that he's screaming at a waffle maker uh, I think he was just really pumped to get that waffle maker as I would be too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. it's a, uh, it's good times. Are we going to talk sad baseball? Was that you were, you're going to segue and then we got distracted yeah. by. Well, I was just going to mention, well, we're going to, we're going to go into one final topic um, featuring our, uh, our most referenced individual player here before we wrap things up. Oh no. <laughs> uh, if we got paid for every time we mentioned Trevor Bauer on this podcast. Yeah. No, we, um, we'd we be would doing well actually make money on this podcast <laughs> yeah it'd be, it'd be like our own personal <laughs> patreon um but yeah um, so but we've had let's see james paxton blew out his elbow today um which is not so terribly surprising trevor Tommy John. um thoracic outlet surgery he's gonna have the you know the adam treatment and get the rib removed and all that business and then oh who is the other one there's another big oh fernando tatis jr like he just has this ongoing shoulder problem and he threw it out of the socket or whatever happened the other day. And um, it, I don't know, they keep saying he's going to come back, but people have been talking about him needing surgery on that for like, you know, three or four years. And uh, yeah. Hopefully not this season. I did predict him to be MVP of the NL. So Uh, prefer that not 
don't ruin it. And obviously, like, he had such a hot year last year. You don't want to see him yeah. you know, downed by injury so early into the new season. Um, but, yeah, it's it was tough. I mean, we saw tons of injuries in spring training, especially for the Blue Jays. Um, not not like... so many pitcher ones, though. Like, we didn't have that many Tommy Johns. I was kind of noticing, like, you know, because you just start waiting. And then I didn't want to say anything because then you jinx it. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, but now those are coming too, but yeah, we did have a bunch of, um, get position players just get wrecked in mm-hmm. strange ways as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I'm not, I'm not totally surprised by the, the new turn towards Tommy John. Cause I think we're seeing a real uptick in velo across the board for pitchers this year. Yeah. Even um, like Casey Mize throwing 97, 98, like that, that was not supposed to happen. Um, which part of me wonders if it's related to the ball because like they talked about one, they talked about deadening the ball. Yeah, I think we're still seeing a pretty significant number of home runs, but they also talked about lightening it. Yeah, like it was going to be a little lighter. What they talked about, and I noticed that Blake Snell talked about this ahead of the season, is that he he mentioned that the the stitches were lower, that it felt different in his hand. Yeah, and so maybe it's a, a firmer grip because of the lowered stitches. That's you know equaling a higher velocity um but it's interesting to see because it does we're seeing tons of pitchers who's had really strong velo drops last year yeah including random guys like sean doolittle right. have had this incredible uptick in their velocity so i think that that's kind of an interesting thing to focus on and see kind of what happens there yeah and there's so i mean there's just such a an uncomparable um you know factor in there with so many you know most guys only pitched you know 50 60 innings last year at most and a lot of them didn't pitch at all and no one really knows how that's going to respond like there's this emphasis like oh there's going to be all these injuries because of that but maybe for a bunch of veteran guys who have gone you know 10 15 years um you know throwing baseballs at max velocity for seven or eight months out of the year maybe like having all that time off you know will be better for them in some ways um it was nice to see drew smiley um finally looking healthy again he pitched well for the braves the other day he's he's back and um he's looked really good the last couple years every time he's out there but he just has not been able to pitch he's been like james paxton like he just has not been able to stay out there so yeah that's been kind of a kind of a bummer so far but um but maybe compared to, to the usual stuff not you know just just sort of as is you know that's yeah. unfortunately just the way the way baseball goes but yes, that will bring us to um, to our favorite um, our, our favorite favorite, topic. favorite baseball villain. Yeah, oh, our favorite. Uh, I was going to say our favorite topic, but maybe our favorite topic is the one we got called out for in the SB Nation um, channel earlier today because someone, <laughs> someone uh, D- Danny Russell from uh, yeah from D Rays made noticed our Anya Taylor Joy tribute podcast and what was yeah he was like what is this thirst fest going on here what was that she was one of our favorite topics but not um not 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 yet a baseball topic we'll see no um but yeah let's talk a little trevor bauer because ahead of this season there was a a ruling kind of released by mlb saying that they were kind of gonna really crack down on foreign substances um so anything wherein a pitcher was using pine tar or anything to create a stickier grip on the ball they were really not having it like there would be punishment in those cases like it just was not allowed outright stated can't do it before it was kind of like well you guys really shouldn't um, but now they're like, they're being pretty serious about it. Um, and I, I think the funniest part of that was immediately after they asked it in the subtlest way possible, Trevor Bauer's agent, Rachel Luba 
uh, said, what about players who are already using it? Are they grandfathered in? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, she claims, I think, in follow-up tweets to that, that it was meant to be like, what about pay- pitchers who are already in like the Hall of Fame or have retired, were busted using it? But we all, I think, kind of know what she was really talking about. Because over the past day or two, several balls, I guess it only one day, not pitching on multiple days. I know how starting pitchers work. Um, but several. <laughs> or just not exa- I can't remember exactly which day Trevor pitched. Yeah. It was either a day ago or two days ago. Two but days yeah. ago. Um, but several of his balls, <laughs> like I can't say that sentence in. His balls were too sticky. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> several of the active game balls that he used were taken for additional testing. Yeah. And it was never explained precisely why. And it, we haven't yet kind of seen what the outcome of that is, but we have to assume, I think that that's related to this crackdown on substance use. Yeah. And the, the, we'll see the, this um, proposed crackdown. We'll see if that, if it actually really so plays out, but yeah. What is especially funny about that, I think is how much crap Trevor Bauer gave the Astros specifically for, Cole. Yep, yep. for using substances to increase their spin rate. And then pretty much in, I think actually said last year, he was using substances to increase his spin rate. Well, I think it was, was it 2019 or 2018? There was one start where he basically, um, he, he must've used something because his, his four seam spin rate went up like 400 RPMs um, for one game. And then it went right back down to normal. Yeah. And people look at that data, you know, the spin data and every single game. And so it obviously stood out and he wouldn't quite confirm, but he was sort of like, oh, you know, just tried a little experiment with something, you know, that game or whatever. So, and he used that to kind of, kind of point out like how much of a difference, you know, th- that was his point. That was his whole way of doing it, is that he was trolling the league. Like, oh, you know, a lot of guys are doing this and it's cheating. Meanwhile, all of baseball is like, yes, we're well aware you dork. Like how do <laughs> <laughs> because everyone has always used this and this is the yeah. this is the place where I, i'm really not thrilled with mlb over this because you know people have always used stuff to get a better grip and as long as you're not like actually loading up the ball no one has cared and there are a whole host of famous hitters on on record saying they prefer pitchers to have a good grip because they don't get hit um, as often they know where the ball is going and as long as it's all level playing field you're good to go. You know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter that much. Um, and this is why I had to write a piece about the unwritten rules um, this off season from back in January, kind of about this because MLB leaves all these things vague. And then when you go to enforce it, you can't then enforce it fairly because yeah. what they've basically said is they're going to be looking for weird variations in spin rate, like guys whose spin rate pops. But what about, you know, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, like all these high spin rate guys who've been dominant for, you know, 15 years, apparently they're going to get grandfathered in. They're going to crack down on just the, you know, the younger players or just the players whose spin rate changes dramatically. Um, I don't, the whole thing just seems like a, a complete cluster waiting to happen. And I have to laugh that it's Trevor Bauer first getting popped for this because the whole thing almost feels like it was all set up just to bring him down specifically for being yeah. the person who brought it up in the first place and, and made such a show of it. And then, you know, eventually decided like, well, if you can't beat him, can't I guess I got to beat him too. And now they're like, oh, you're pop. You know, you're the one in trouble. 
I think so my ridiculous. favorite comment I've seen on uh, it so far was somebody in our. Slack happened to a nicer guy, obviously, yeah. but, but it's still you know it's still shady in my opinion. But I like I do like that the comment somewhere in our Slack chat today was just like he's gonna come out if something happens he's gonna come out and like try to something so I feel like that's the next step. Right. Um, but like he's got yeah. documents that you people won't believe. You know, yeah, we, we've heard what enough, a guy. enough of this stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see how that plays out. Like, one of the the things about it too is that it sounds like unless they catch you in the act, like it's going to be pretty hard to get the union to just let you let them punish you. Yeah. Uh, so I so I'd be surprised if he gets punished. This is probably just sort of a a, a message sent type of a thing, but hilarious. Like the, the dude, the like dude a, wants to be in the center of all these things, and he always is. So it could be a fines thing too, right? Yeah. Like it could be yeah, it they could. can enforce a fine. I think a lot more easily than you can enforce a suspension or anything like that. And he's already demonstrated that he gets fined over all sorts of ludicrous nonsense, like yeah. design and wearing his own branded T-shirt where the brand symbol was visible yeah. underneath the jersey. He got fined for that too. Um, and he he loves to point out those I mean that is pretty ludicrous when you yeah know. I mean it is like, it's pretty weak but I think it's pretty funny like guys are allowed to flash their Nike on their or their Under Armour but you can't flash you know your own brand design like give, give me a break on that one that one's pretty stupid yeah, um, yeah pretty but pretty soft. but I could see them being all like you know here's a five thousand dollar fine because you had a foreign substance on the baseball you were using and yeah you know he's super rich now so he doesn't care yeah he'll he'll be fine i mean this is this is all just promotion for him you know i mean you know when you're a troll you know that's how you roll um until something really happens to you know to, to actually like cause you you know real yeah real trouble so talk about guys who lean into the villain role yep absolutely and the, you know and the weird thing about the ball too is that they said they were going to do all this stuff and, and try to you know lighten it and lower the seams so that it, it or no i i thought they were going to raise the seams so that there'd be more drag and the backspin off the bat would fly higher and you wouldn't have these sort of like soaring knuckleballs because that's mm-hmm. sort of the thing meredith wills in particular figured out was that it was the tight low seams you know, they're just less drag. And so the ball flies farther. Um, but I haven't really, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen anything to suggest that they actually managed to do this. And I don't think anyone in baseball trusts Rawlings or, <laughs> or anybody to like, you know, make some minute changes that will take like five to 10 feet off the average ball flight. You know, they probably butcher it. And the thing will just be like, you know, just dying like a shot quail in the outfield, you know, off the bat of Nelson Cruz, 120 miles per hour, and then it just dies. So they probably just left it alone. I mean, they haven't been able to come up with the tacky cover that would, you know, make the whole, okay, we're going to ban the pine tar and the fingers thing, you know, more viable. And they haven't shown any sign of being able to control the ball flight. And, I, and I'm, I'm almost scared for them to, to just mess with these things. But once again, all these things just seem like um, self-imposed wounds by MLB because no one was complaining about any of these things. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one wanted these changes. You know, what we want is, you know, the game to be played a little bit faster, not for you to, you know, put ghost runners on second in the 10th inning, ban the shift and, and do all this, you know, kind of, kind of silliness. Um, our buddy Jake uh, Kostick from, um, from the Red Sox SB Nation Fan. over the monster over the monster that's right um i should know that one but he was he was kind of saying like maybe go what, and i like this idea like in the 10th leave it as normal 
in the 11th, you get a runner on first to start the inning in the 12th, you get a runner on second, like, you know, so it kind of has like this progression. It's just putting a runner on second. I think the run expectancy in that situation is like 1.1, you know, like someone's supposed to score every time there's a runner on second with no outs. Um, and, and that just seems too much to like go right to that. Um, in the 10th yeah. inning. I was watching, obviously like I have to watch bad baseball movies. It's my job now. Um, But I was watching Mr. Baseball yesterday. And obviously the the crux of the movie is that he's playing baseball in Japan. And there is a rule. And I don't know if this is still an Ipan League rule, but after 15 innings, if the game is tied, that's done. You're done. And I'm like, you know, I wouldn't be mad. I would not be mad if there was like, after you've done 15 innings you're done you yeah. know what i mean like 15 inning game is long yeah tie Watch... is tie is fine for me in that situation the like, game has been like six hours by then probably yeah so i think at a certain point you got to be able to say enough is enough and yeah a walk-off would be super fun here but also it's almost three in the morning yeah um, let's go home right all these fans came to the game and have to work in the morning and they paid to see the whole game so bam, we're, we're just done. I mean, I would be okay with that. Um, I think, I think well. there used to be, an, I, th- I have to recall if I'd like, I have to look it up, but I believe there used to be a national league rule where like a tie, like a tied game could not continue after one in the morning. Oh, really? I think that used to be the rule. Obviously it's not now, but I think that used to be the way it was done. And like, you'd have to resume it later as part of a double header or, whatever oh, yeah. it was but the, the gameplay had to stop if it extended to 1 a.m well and there um, used to be like different um tv rules where it was like you know like a lot of television stations would just go off the air around two yeah. or three in the morning um you know back pre-cable um so yeah maybe maybe that was you know kind of part of the part of the problem is that they wouldn't even be able to broadcast it so it was like well all right. well and i mean like afternoon games back in the day like we're talking old baseball you'd have to stop playing when it got dark like yeah yeah there were hard stops that you had to respect and so i think that i mean it's not going to solve all pace of play issues but i think you have to put something in place to like stop the nonsense because otherwise you're burning through your whole bench you're burning through your whole bullpen yeah. you know absurd position player pitching situations happening and it's just and especially right now yeah, and especially right now with, you know, the, just the concerns about travel and, mm-hmm. and everything else and concern about, like, pitcher fatigue because they didn't pitch as much last year. Like, it does uh, – I suppose it does all make sense. We did get our own uh, position player pitching. Yeah, uh, we Nell did. Castro, who, uh, who got Nelson Cruz on a fly out to the morning track and, uh, sure and actually had the best – one of the better innings of, the, of that particular game where, uh, yeah, where the Twins just kind of wrecked us in that one, I think. so. That was a zero ERA. Bless him. Yep. Yep. That was awesome. And we've also, um, oh, the other little thing that we should mention as far as like the little pageantry of the game is uh, one Mr. Derek Holland, uh, who is now in the bullpen and came to camp with um, a WWE no. <laughs> belt and a UHF belt, I think, like yeah. two wrestling belts, which he, he gave out to, um, you know, the, the stars of each game. And then I guess they get to pick, you know, the next game's stars um, between the position players and the pitchers. And that, yeah. that's the kind of, that's a fun, like little bonding exercise. And um, that's the kind of thing you'd like to see, you know, a wacky veteran reliever whose uh, nickname is the Dutch oven um, come in and, and do, for, <laughs> do for your club. So, yeah. Yeah. I liked that. I, Matt Boyd got it in the first game and he was showing it off and I'm like, that's cute. I like that. That's yeah. a good clubhouse energy kind of thing. Yeah. That's uh that's the fun stuff. And yeah. And everybody seems, you know, really fired up for, for Badoo. There's been, you know, 
there's been no like, oh, that's the guy coming to get my job. This team does seem like um, they're having a good time and, and playing pretty loose. Um, the lineup is, you know, deeper, if not, you know, stand out better than we've seen the past couple of years. And the starting pitching is pretty, pretty good. And if the bullpen stays healthy, like that eh, could be pretty fun. But um, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm enthused. I, I think this year I'm a bit more excited than I have been um i think i'm more excited even than i was in spring training i'm just like all right this is watchable it's it's mm-hmm. very watchable baseball and i hope it stays that way yeah yeah there's a bunch of fun guys a bunch of fun stories and um yeah we'll uh, we'll be bringing it all to you all season long so we'll wrap it up here um and probably be back next week or maybe the week after i don't know you guys know how we roll um maybe, maybe i'll try to scrounge up a guest or i'll I'll make Ashley um, hassle everyone at Fangraphs and demand Eric Long and have him <laughs> come on with me at some point. I don't know if we can get Kevin Goldstein, but <laughs> and we could quiz him about Carlos Correa. Like, what's Carlos Correa's makeup really like? I need a gray. Well, I'm gray I'm color. in a Slack channel with him now, so yeah. Ask him about that for me, would you please? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll get right once on. Once you once you're established, yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, give me longer than a week. Yep. I've written two articles for them. I think we need to like hold off <laughs> a little bit before I start asking personal favors. Yep, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, so we'll call it good for tonight, and uh, we'll get back to you guys shortly. Hopefully, Tigers will have a good week. Um, this is going to be kind of a, a tough road trip. So if things are going to go real go south early in this season, it's probably going to happen uh, pretty soon. And if things are going to go good, they're going to have a great road trip. And we're all going to be like, oh, they're coming home. And yeah, you know, they've got a 600 record. This is awesome. So <laughs> yeah. we can dream. Yeah, there it goes. So, all right. We'll uh, talk to you all later. Thanks for joining us tonight. And yeah, we'll talk to you all later. Actually, have a good evening. Good night. Good night.